0: They are desperate about their conditions with the constant uh, fight with the management, with cutting bonuses and so on. So we're trying to identify the most active from them and we're trying to reach some some kind of, uh, you know, unity uh, among them.
1: Hello, sisters and brothers, and welcome to the Solidarity Center Podcast, an interview show that highlights and celebrates the individuals working for labor rights, the freedom to form unions, and democracy across the globe. I'm your host, Shauna Bader-Blau. I'm also the Executive Director of the Solidarity Center in Washington, D.C. We're the largest US-based international worker rights organization. We empower workers to raise their voice for dignity on the job, for justice in their communities, for greater equality in the global economy, and for one just future. During COVID-19 lockdowns, many of us have relied on food deliveries from grocery stores and restaurants so we won't risk going in crowds. But what about the workers who bring these orders to our door? As we enjoy the convenience of 21st century digital platforms, millions of gig economy workers worldwide are enduring 19th century working conditions. App-based workers typically have no job security and typically no health insurance or paid sick leave, even as their workplace, streets, and public spaces are dangerous and sometimes deadly. The growing gig economy is one more way corporations outsource and cut labor costs while making millions in profits. It's a race to the bottom, a race where workers pay the price. But another way is possible. My guest today, George Sandel, works directly with unions in Ukraine to push back against this tide of precarious work by using creative organizing strategies. George is a worker rights lawyer with labor initiatives in Ukraine, but really, George is an activist. He will tell us about how delivery drivers in Ukraine, where the informal sector comprises up to 35% of the country's economy, are challenging the notion that gig work is not really work, and how they are forming unions to harness their collective strength.
0: I'm George Sandl. I'm an attorney and the legal director for the labor initiatives NGO, the partner with the Solidarity Center Ukraine. And I primarily coordinate in the free legal aid clinic and also provide free legal assistance for the established unions. And now we're focusing on organizing and uh, legal help for the platform workers in the, this gig sector.
1: Yeah. And I want to ask you a lot of questions about that, because that's a really growing sector around the world. And could you describe a little bit about the, the general situation with the gig sector, gig economy workers in Ukraine?
0: Uh, yeah, it's very interesting because even three, four years ago, nobody spoke about this problem as a problem because things uh, looks like going well, something developed in the digital sector. But after 2018, we had a big courier protests in Kiev. And since that time, for the last one and a half year, the gig uh, economy problem because one of the major labor topics in Ukraine. According to international labor organization statistics, Ukraine has the biggest number of gig workers in the world. So it's not uh, just the couriers, taxi drivers uh, on platforms like Ubers and uh, other similar uh, uh, like local based, but also it's IT workers, it's uh, translators and other people uh, who works through different digital instruments. But especially in uh, the coronavirus crisis uh, during the lockdown, the courier delivery fastly growing and this sector of economy it gets a giant share of the market and it's tons of million dollars and we have the giant competition between different platform companies and as in other countries ukrainian gig workers face the same problems they have zero labor rights they are unofficially employed and of course the first step to solve this problem is to raise awareness about this problem. Because, in fact, the ordinary customer perceives this situation with the gig economy as something that simplifies his or her life. Yeah, you have a mobile app, you may order food or order taxi. And nobody thinks about the living conditions of such persons. And during the corona crisis, we had uh, a giant attention to this problem because such people, especially courier delivery, delivery couriers and taxi drivers were on on the front line uh, of the struggle without any personal protective equipment, without any guarantees. And in case they will catch COVID, like nobody will pay any any compensation for, for them. So uh, we now like in the process, first of all, of public awareness campaign. And we have uh, very aggressive policies from the platform companies and also, which is very interested in Ukrainian parliament, there were registered the law draft, which as far as I know, that it's the first law draft in the world that wants to put in the legislation explicitly the term of gig worker and gig contract. Like when in, in in all the world, even platform companies, they're trying to avoid the term gig worker and gig contract. But Ukrainian legislators who probably uh, read something about Proposition 22 or something, they tried to put it in the national legislation. So it's very bizarre.
1: Wow. So Proposition 22, of course, being the initiative on the ballot in 2000 in California that had been supported by Labor, but destroyed by large amounts of private sector money led by gig companies. So I think I read that Ukraine has the largest number or per percent of gig employment in Europe. And what's in it for the employers, George? Why, why is this kind of employment? growing? I would uh, probably separate the answer
0: in a few parts. First of all, of course, it's trying to avoid taxation in Ukraine. And we also, uh, when we had courier protests in Ukraine, one of of the top managers of one Spanish-based platform delivery company, he explicitly said, I would employ them officially, but it's the matter of taxation. Mm. They are very blunt and explicit on this. The second one, it's the mythology of digitalization. Like we are wary in this mythology in Ukraine because everything trying to become digital, but under the surface of this modernity and digitalization, we have the patterns of 19th century economy, like kind of rubber barons that just want to hire someone for some gig. And, of course, we are now in the midst of the labor reform in Ukraine. And we have some very aggressive law drafts, and uh, traditional unions are very against them. And all the economy, like, kind of the logic of big, especially multinationals, the logic is to make this uh, gigification, let us say, of or, uh, like, ITUC use the term uberization of economy, and spread it to the different markets, where it's absolutely unbelievable. And it's it's kind of a uh, very dangerous and almost dystopian picture because I may imagine as a lawyer that lawyers will be uberized and, you know, you, you will uh, sit near the courthouse with the mobile app and to catch kind of cases like... It's pro- probably will be true in the future, and it's very hard. We try and also not to uh, only influence the platform companies, not uh, only to organize workers, which is the crucial part of solving this problem, but also somehow influence the demand. For these platforms, uh, it's kind of ethical argument. Just uh, please think twice uh, before ordering something like if it's not kind of medication uh, or something w- very important for you. So also this delivery or other digital uh, platform economy, it's absolutely uncontrollable.
1: Let me pause on that, George, because that's really shocking. Yeah, you know, you you were talking about. What the companies get out of this, the digitalization and Uberization of employment. You talked about the saving money on taxation by registering in Ukraine in this manner as a company. And now you're starting to talk about the workers and the ethics of ordering through platform delivery and courier services. You know, tell me more about that. What what does it mean to be a courier, a driver? During the COVID pandemic, what does my day look like? Tell me about that job.
0: Uh, It's a very cool question because we know it from the, how to say it, like from, from the first hands, because in labor initiatives, one of our legal interns, he is delivery courier. And he works for 12, 14 hours per day to afford his education uh, as a legal student. So it's kind of uh, anecdotal story, but it's true. And uh, his day, it looks like he wake up like at 5 a.m. And he went, uh, he's going to some McDonald's or KFC uh, or uh, other big restaurant. And uh, they have uh, between uh, them, between the couriers, Uh, The giant competition, who will take the orders? Uh, Sometimes it's the fights. you know, like it's very unnatural for the human beings, this competition. And also sometimes they are not paid for for the orders. And again, we're speaking about official employment because in Ukraine, as uh, in many other countries, we have the requirements that if you are working with food, you should uh, have the medical certification nobody requires this medical certification from the courier so any person from the street may came to take this bag and deliver something so it was extremely dangerous for everyone but what is what is interesting after the first lockdown in ukraine starts in march president of ukraine during one tv show he said okay everything closed but you may order it via or online so and after this it was another wave of interest to the working condition of those persons. The platform companies had extremely increased demand during the pandemic starts. But since they have a bigger demand, they started to cut the bonuses and payments for the couriers and said... Okay guys you should compete even more efficiently to have the wages you have before and at the beginning of April there were a uh, kind of wildcat strike of couriers and they stopped working for one day uh, a lot of them were banned from those platforms and so on but after this the, the companies understood that we need to do something like and they returned the bonuses you know like it was the trick that uh, did not um, Affect a lot. And also uh, about this collective action of the couriers, we tried to establish the institutionalized organization at 2019, but it's very hard in gig economy because of staff turnover. But uh, uh, if those companies are using the mechanics of uh, 19th century and using uh, new technologies, we also should be smart enough to use uh, worker struggle tactics, but with digitalization. So uh, there are a lot of Telegram chats, groups for coordinating, it and we have access in which in these groups we provide the legal assistance for them and during 2019 because of pressure through this group after a lot of tv interviews ukrainian couriers especially in the company Glovo, spanish-based they reached at least the life insurance for about four thousand dollars they reached it through these collective actions because nobody spoke about this and also uh, it was after protests and after in one big ukrainian city there were death accidents with very young career so it also kind of forced this company to give the insurance
1: that image is really coming into my head 19th century employer tactics and working conditions and 21st century technology and presumably profits, no? Are these companies doing okay economically? Yeah, but what is
0: interesting, around the globe, and uh, Ukraine its not the exception, if we are looking just on the fi- financial standing of those companies, they are not very profitable. They also, as we know, they are selling data about customers. Like, uh, there were a lot of reports about this in Ukraine. And they are very smart enough not to develop something, but rather to say, to mutate like a cancer cell. They are growing and mutating because even previously we have all the couriers or taxi drivers as absolutely unofficial workers. Then after the interest from the state tax services, they thought, oh my God, we need to do something. And now we're advocating and uh, for adoption of the law draft, which was designed similar to AB5 test in California that should define the employment relationships Uh, so there are now uh, a law draft that stipulates seven signs and if you match three or four of them you automatically become an employee so and you should be treated as an employee so without these legislative amendments it will be very hard to do something with this
1: i wanted to ask you because you were starting to talk about some of the collective action of courier and different kinds of platform workers and i know that in you know in general collective action of workers around the world is what results in pressure on employers and on the state to generate better laws that are more pro worker and i wonder if you could tell me a little bit more about that i know we've had quite an, a story at a particular company called Nova Posta in which that that sort of happened and I wondered if you could tell us that story. Novoposta
0: is one of the brightest examples of the unions uh, operating in Ukraine at all. And what is especially interesting in terms of workers, that primarily they logistics company. It's like UPS or something like And they have couriers in their staff. So uh, now it's about 1,500 uh, couriers around the Ukraine. So it's not so big like Glovo or other operators. But in Nova Novoposta, they have very strong union that operates for the last 5 years and they are constantly making amendments to the collective bargaining agreement and one of the conditions under which such couriers started to work in this company was the official employment. So it's the only one company. It's not the purely digital platform or something, but they employ couriers officially with all the benefits from the collective bargaining agreement. So And also, Nova Posta has, in our opinion, uh, the best collective bargaining agreement in Ukraine. And uh, months ago, it was amended with, the, for, for example, the first clause in Ukraine and neighborhood countries with the provision of prevention of gender-based violence, with additional bonuses for teleworking, with provision of additional paid vacations for searching for a new job and so on. So it's very model agreement. And it's very cool for us that we have such union and such company which employs people officially. And we use it as an example to show others. So, okay, you may employ them officially and even have profits. And like even for the company, it's very cool. To, to say, okay, we're socially responsible. And also Posta was the very the dynamic during the start of uh, pandemic. So they provide with all the personal protective equipment and so on. So it's it's the bright example, but unfortunately other platform companies, they like thinking with, with like single day perspective. And because of it, a lot of them are going bankrupt or quit the market. For example, Uber Eats quit Ukrainian market. Yeah. Because of the competition. So it would be very cool if such model will be adopted by other companies and even without those collective actions that uh, couriers or drivers have in their uh, platforms they use this example like look like it's not impossible uh, to employ us officially like uh, it's the good example for this
1: after the break We'll talk to George about his efforts to reform labor laws in Ukraine and his future vision of gig economy unions and worker cooperatives. Hi there, it's Shauna again. I just wanted to take a minute to invite you to check out Radio Labor, the international labor movement's radio service. Radio Labor produces daily newscasts about union events and issues, and it also produces special programs to support labor campaigns around the world. Check out Radio Labor at r-a-d-i-o-l-a-b-o-u-r dot net and, and find out more about worker rights struggles around the world and how the movement is supporting their efforts for decent wages fair treatment and strong communities. Follow and subscribe at radio.labor.net. You know, you've met a lot of a lot of the workers we're talking about. I I know you're your legal style is very personal and very one on one as an activist as well as a, a local human rights leader yourself. And I, I wonder if you could, could tell us a little bit about what it what it feels like for the workers of Nova Pošta to be making these gains in this tough time. You know, you, you talked about improvements in their collective bargaining agreement like what is that what is that experience like for workers to go through that
0: first of all it's the giant empowerment for them and especially because they're united in one big organization that combines about like 15000 members like and they combine people from different jobs cashiers uh, couriers uh, drivers and so on this is the crucial part this collectivity in this because with other gig workers despite we have the access the groups of the most active of them it's it's very tough to convince them uh, that something possible to improve in your in your work and because of this competition, this fueling competition from the platform companies, it's a uh, lot of couriers or drivers, they're very suspicious when you're uh, trying to approach them. And here, like, again, about 19th century practices, one-on-one conversations uh, are the best type of organizing and, you know, even near some big restaurants or something, the most efficient way to attract people, it's just to, uh, came to them, ask for cigarette and stand on the smoking break and do during this time, people will complain you about everything in their life. Like, after this, of course, uh, I need a new lungs, but okay, like, uh, <laughs> we, we will decide on this later. So, this personal component, and we're trying to recruit people for this, like, and we have now in plans a uh, lot of events for, for couriers to solve their day-to-day problems. For example, uh, problems with police, they usually face harassment from the uh, guards in uh, shopping malls, and so on. And all those connections Uh, were built just one-on-one like because like our office uh, like very activist oriented like and everybody have the share in their neighborhoods to to recruit such couriers or even uh, if you were using a taxi like just to speak with the taxi driver. He will give you his number and so on. You should use it like each and every day. So these old-fashioned measures, together with the digital instruments, it potentially will lead, we hope, we very hope, and we're working on this, will lead to some kind of broader organization that will combine probably not only couriers or taxi drivers, but also we're looking for IT workers. We're trying to show another one that's possible, look on Nova Posta, like they have it. The best international experience. For example, despite we're a continental country, we're using for promotion of uh, some kind of new regulation, even Uber court decision from uh, UK. The AB5 test from California. All the decisions that recently were adopted in Spain, in Switzerland, like positive examples of unionization of the precarious workers in South Korea, recent uh, example from uh, Denmark. We're trying to absorb it and to show that uh, it's not kind of just a dream it's possible we are first of all collective action and of course the collective action it's the core point of this even with those uh, legislative amendments that will uh, trying to solve uh, this issue we trying to address it like look and of course uh, we're trying to influence the ethical component of the customers and uh, for this reason pictures of the smartphone, sp- smartphones of the couriers and their working time like 15 15 hours per day or they're sleeping near on the bench near the restaurant trying to catch their their orders so So this also, we we are constantly trying to post, or even in our office, we have a lot of pictures of the workers from different professions. It's kind of humanization of labor. And to show to the general public the working conditions of them, to bring this compassion from the workers from the other side, other sectors to get this genuine solidarity with them because like ordinary people uh, will also from, I don't know, like for from office workers or retailers or, or other sectors they should understand that in these platform conditions and uberization they may face tomorrow and if we will not solve it for the glow riders uh, for example, you will be next yeah
1: Is there a sense of of sort of sharing and awareness raising that workers do in the community and in coalitions, or is that not
0: common. They are desperate about their conditions with the constant uh, fight with the management, with cutting bonuses and so on. So we're trying to identify the most active from them and we're trying to reach some some kind of, uh, you know, unity uh, among them. And after this, we are trying to build kind of uh, trust relationships with them. So because uh, they are very optimized. And first of all, we're trying to change the perception uh, where a courier or a driver not considering other couriers or driver as his rival, his enemy, who will take his money. This is the discourse change issue. And it is possible by, by some concrete particular steps. And legal help in this uh, sense it's uh, very crucial. For example, even if they have a car accident or something, we'll will help to solve this, despite it's not uh, a labor issue. But in general, it's the part of bigger picture of labor, labor movement issue. So we're trying to train and recruit people who will bring this world to other people. And now we have kind of core of very active people. They work on different platforms. That's why it's very tough to create some kind of formal structure, like a union at uh, some kind of gig company or something. But uh, we have the basis for this. And uh, since we saw that pressure through media, through their actions has some impact, So we're working in this sense and to to get their legal status as employees. After this, there will be no problem to do the big union, I think, with this. And also, I mentioned media. We have a lot of sympathetic activist journalists in Ukraine that made uh, a lot of TV shows, uh, radio shows, and so on on this, this issue. And also we are trying to promote our fellow couriers from uh, those platforms to speak on uh, national TV or something and to deliver this position. So uh, it's very helpful. And now also uh, what is very helpful for us that established union, traditional unions are now interested in these topics because they are also thinking about uh, like, okay, the giant sector that are not unionized at all. So
1: probably we should work with this this new movement of collective action of informally employed gig workers for better conditions, for formal jobs, for higher wages, for less hours, but decent pay. I think about the power of that collective action to create change and to block bad, bad rollbacks. And so I wanted to ask you, you know, I mean, Ukraine as a country has gone through an enormous amount of transition, conflict, and these competing visions inside the country for the, for the future. I wonder what, what in your, your, your best vision of the future, like what role would the labor movement play, you know, in the next 20 years in Ukraine to, what role are you looking for the labor movement to play? What, What vision do you have of the role of workers in the emerging new Ukraine?
0: I need to describe, like, my dreams, but uh, also uh, it's not only my dreams, how it should be. Uh, I, I think, like, uh, even uh, according to our constitution and uh, international obligations, the labor movement in Ukraine, the unions are the most kind of genuine part of the civil society. In Ukraine, uh, when we're speaking about uh, civil society, uh, like, people uh, think about NGOs, some charitable funds, and so on, but the unions has these unique mechanisms to change the power Balance and unions are the crucial for kind of development, democracy development in Ukraine. Because without the control of the big corporations of the state, we are union mechanisms. We will get a kind of dictatorship of the big companies or other not pleasant things. The matter of switching power balance in this some particular enterprise, it's the matter of dignity for people. And when people realize they may turn something in the positive way they realize this is empowerment so they think okay i may influence not only my boss i may influence the state policy and so on so it's the it's the school of democracy kind of union union struggle in some particular enterprise and uh, for example uh, recently we had local elections in ukraine and a lot of our fellows uh, local leaders become some local counselors and they are now struggling to to make their communities better, so it's the school of democracy development for for any everybody and uh, unions. Despite this uh, attitude that oh we will will uh, cut all your freedoms, they now get uh, some muscles after after this struggle with with the government, and they may also influence the state policy. And we hope we are trying to build it better, to improve it, and to help uh, young leaders, especially uh, kind of women in unions, to realize this power and it. It may happen uh, through the even small successes, like increasing wages for, for 2%. It's, uh, people will realize they may influence somehow on something. So it's very, it's very cool, in not only in legal way or in uh, uh, sense of money, but in a uh, broader spiritual way. And I think it will grow, I hope, and we're, we're trying to do this, yeah.
1: Dignity and democracy yeah I think about that future you're describing and the process of getting there and and I think about the uh, stories you've told so far of the the work you do with labor initiatives and directly with workers all over ukraine and i um just like wonder why do you why do you do it like you're a lawyer, you could get some other job, you could do something else like why do you why do you do it
0: oh. I want to live in the nice country like with with the (laughs) in in the nice neighborhood with the people who are at least not depressed Uh, I'm not speaking about they should be uh, extremely happy because like in in the nearest like 5-10 years I think it will be complicated but it's a win-win situation living in the society it's not the zero-sum game like uh, you may earn something like to become the politician or something but if you build in these structures uh, structures of uh, direct democracy unions uh, NGOs helping your community It will benefit, first of all, for you. Like, and like, there are many young or relatively young, like me, people who want to live in this country, who don't want to go to other countries for work. Like, and it depends on each of us what contribution we may bring to this. And we have this rise of civil activism in Ukraine, people trying to do something better, even in the local scales. And we're trying to support, for example, social businesses, uh, community activism, something like this and to make these interconnections with unions so that this integral part of civil society as the labor movement will also help with advice of their practices to other NGOs, other businesses, and together we will uh, give some kind of uh, common, common picture of improving day-to-day life and again with this spiritual empowerment of workers.
1: Hmm. Well, that's, that's beautiful, George. That's really inspiring. I thank you for that. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you'd like to share or think we we should cover?
0: Probably, I I also will add uh, that I I forget to to say this. Also, along with attempts to establish the union of gig workers in different sectors, we're also exploring the possibilities of making worker-owned cooperatives, sharing profits from this and so on, not to work for some multinational or else. It will be also cool, like, if they will uh, own those uh, means of production. So, it will be uh, kind of useful. Unionized business, and we saw the examples of this in Spain, in Poland. So we're trying to explore also this. And if we will have the union of IT workers, I think by their use, they will do this application. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> George, I always feel happy after we have had a chance to talk. And you know, I just think you're sharing this story is going to help other people use ideas from Ukraine and your ideas back in in their struggles. And I just think that's like a really valuable thing in this moment, especially in the pandemic with Mm -hmm. the proliferation of these kinds of jobs that people are having to rely on. So thank you.
0: Thank you. Like if it will be helpful for anybody, like I I, I would be extremely happy. (laughs)
1: George used the word dystopian to describe how corporations are trying to spread a model of labor that pits workers against each other for bits of jobs just to piece together a living. Our sisters and brothers in Ukraine are challenging this labor model and demanding a future of work where workers take their rightful place in a democratic system and the scales are not tilted against them. They are doing that by coming together collectively, forming and joining unions. The future is a labor movement led by people who know that collectively we can rebalance the scales. Thanks one more time to George Sandel, a worker rights lawyer in Ukraine and true champion for the right of every single worker to decent work. And thanks to you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the Solidarity Center podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your shows and learn more about the Solidarity Center at SolidarityCenter.org and through our social media channels, including Facebook and Twitter at Solidarity Center. This podcast is a production of thestoryproducer.com with executive producer Tyler Green and producer and engineer Adam Yaffe. The Solidarity Center podcast is a member of the D.C. Labor Radio Podcast Network. And special thanks to the staff of the Solidarity Center who assisted with this podcast. In more than 60 countries around the world, we work to ensure a righteous future for workers, dignity, freedom, equality, and justice. For the Solidarity Center podcast, I'm Shauna Bader Blau. Thanks for listening.